It looks good. <laughs> good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. And that means it's time to get your cup of coffee or your tea. Tam's got her water. Uh, sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us. And of course, you can see my right-hand girl is Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac. That must mean we're looking ahead at the month in front of us, April. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And every time we do this call, I'm like, how did that month just blow by? But I have two words for you about March. What? You. Is that two words? No, it's one. Phew. Oh, phew. I was like, phew what? You. <laughs> P-H-E-W. I'm like, wow, what a ride. I don't know yeah. about your, your life and your friends and your family. Wow. It was interesting. It has been a wild ride, but you know, I look at that as we knew this going in. This is why you and I have this chat because then everybody's forewarned and forearmed and, right. and we have this idea of this notion of what's to come. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking back, I see so many things that were uh, possibilities for change yes. and transformation things that are going on. And it, you know, things that came up out of the blue, like not like I ended up finding, I got an email from someone about a human design program that I could put on my computer and that would save me from doing people's charts. They could self-serve. And I was like, oh my God, that would save me an hour at least a day because wow. it takes me that long to put together the charts and the reports and to email them out to the person and then respond when they, you know, tell me they didn't receive their report. And <laughs> you know, all of that. And not that I want to be lazy and not do those things, but how amazing that I could just put it on my website and people could do it themselves. Yeah. And then I went ahead and I did it. Wow. I got it on my website. So people are now generating their own human design charts and reports for themselves, and they're able to save them and print them. It's amazing to wow. me. Yeah. But nope. I didn't see that coming. Nope. <laughs> didn't see it coming. If you had told me on March 1st that I was going to be doing something like that, I would have said, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> so good things, right? There are some really positive things. Oh, There's also sure. some, you know, not so uh, fun things that are been going on for people uh even in my own life surprises and shocks that were like what yeah yeah now yeah. i'm going to ask you a question have you noticed during this month of march that you became more intuitive or more oh. in tune yes yes i can think it and know it and an hour later the proof shows up yeah 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 it's, it's, it's amazing. And it comes in such uh, waves, I would say. So for example, Monday morning, I was interviewing a friend of mine who's a medium and on um, my broadcast. And we were talking about times in our lives where think, just something, some kind of knowingness comes over you, you know, or a feeling in your body that something's off or something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, then finding out, you know, truly your body was telling you, preparing you for something. And uh, so she had had that experience and what have you. So then we get done with our chat and all of a sudden at about, I guess it was, you know, so my show's usually done nine o'clock my time. So it was probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I got this panicked feeling in my stomach and just in my whole core. Yep. And I, I remembered that feeling. It's been at times when someone has passed away or when something major is going on with someone. 
And I sat with that for a while trying to tune in. Where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? Didn't know where it was coming from. Couldn't tune into that part. But I uh, sent a, a text real quick to my daughter and said, is everybody okay? Yeah, because I have this real panicked uh, emotional feeling. I don't know where it's coming from. And so she said, yeah, we're all fine. And it was so bad, Tam. I couldn't stand it. I got up and I went out, took the trash out, took the recycling out, did, you know, did everything I could just to get myself mixed up, came in and found out that my daughter-in-law's niece had committed suicide. Now, why would, I, and that was the other thing we were talking about. Why would I t tune into some random thing? I mean, I, I mean, wow. obviously she's family, yeah. but not you know, close family. And then I hit it upon something, you know, my son's reaction to that suicide oh. would have probably been something similar to when our son, his brother had committed suicide. And that's sure. the feeling I tapped into. Okay. Now I don't do that all the time, but it's, it seems like this whole month it's been tuned in, tapped mm -hmm. in to these kinds of things. Not always that drastic either, but you know, just, yeah, okay. I'm going to follow that link and yeah. Oh, wow. Look what this leads me to. I, you're going to, you are going to attribute it to the Pisces energy where we're really just more, aligned with source information. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I haven't had something as strong as that. That's, I will say the same thing though. Each time I've had a, a family member pass, I get, I literally get the message um, very, like in my ear. It's very. <laughs> yeah. It starts yeah. to happen enough that you go, oh, yeah. well, and it doesn't always have to be about someone's passing, but it can be, yeah. you know, someone's in trouble or someone's yeah. having a bad day, that kind of thing. But your body is such a great barometer when, oh. especially when we have planetary energies like we have now, yes. you know, and even Pluto moving into Aquarius is not without divinatory skills, right? Sure. Aquarius is the sign of divination. Yes. And I think of divination, of course, as astrology or cards or tarot or any of the kinds of things, but it's also tuning in psychically, right? right? Being able to see or read the energy fields. So for those of you listening out there this morning, if you're noticing that you're more tuned in, <laughs> there's a reason. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Now, tell me what you think of us uh, looking down now at April. What is your What is your first thoughts about April as we start to move forward there? Uh, well, as I said, phew, March is over. It's like, ah, here comes April. I feel like it's a much softer, more grounded energy coming mm. in. Um, I, I feel that way, you know, particularly like I'm always looking at the Mercury. I don't know. I don't know why that's my thing, but I really like looking at. It rules how, your sign. Oh, well, yeah, it does. My, my moon is in Mercury. That, I mean, sorry, rules my sun, which is Virgo. I was thinking about Taurus energy which is so earthy and grounded and mercury is going into taurus which is my moon mm -hmm. sign um but i just think that will bring us um a nicer communication <laughs> definitely softening things up a little yeah yeah the whole Sweetening thing about, it up. um you know mars leaving gemini which happened in is happening uh it, it happened a couple days ago on the 25th yeah like having that be softer because Gemini being social and witty and intelligent and talkative and all of that language oriented, um, you know, I just feel like there's been such a energy in the air. And so I'm really looking forward to slowing, slowing our thought processes and um, just sort of, sort of grounding ourselves in April, especially after the watery ride we took in <laughs> yeah. last month. Right. So yeah. the white know, rapids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
right off the bat, I have it as April 3rd that Mercury slides into um, Taurus and mm -hmm. squares Pluto. Right away, like right that, that day. Yeah, yeah, right that day. And like, I'm looking at it. So I, I don't know if you're watching the geopolitical um, scene and the financial markets, but there's a lot going on in the financial markets. And I keep thinking, you know, what might happen between now, today is March 29th and April 3rd, 4th, where we have a lot to talk about financially, Pluto and Aquarius squaring Mercury in Taurus, right? Yep. Are we going to be talking about the financial markets, Pluto with groups and change transformation and you know the markets are doing their thing right now the banking system is all up in arms the stock markets uh, the current foreign currency exchanges watching that is wow like that's like every day i have to tune in and watch what's going on in the foreign currency exchange so i don't know <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just really really i'm very curious about the geopolitical landscape so for me i'm i'm all eyes on that right now yeah, the geopolitical landscape, of course, being more affected by Pluto than Mercury. Sure, but yes. as every inner planet comes through and makes some kind of, of connection to Pluto, um, or even Saturn or Jupiter or anything like that, that's when it starts to come into us personally, right? right where then we end up having to do something or a communication with with uh, Mercury about your own financial um, right. uh, tools and, and your situation. So yeah. it's a possibility that we're going to, especially because now Venus has been in Taurus. She's moving out of Taurus on April 10th, but she'll be in Taurus as well. Yep. She's the ruler of Taurus. Plus she rules finances and banking and right. all of that. So it's definitely up in the air at the moment. Sure. And, you know, I think you're, you are going to see for a while, you know, until June 11th, likely, uh, we're going to see things ease a little bit financially. I, I And I'm using that word because I don't know another word to use where we may still be experiencing a little bit of the up and down, but it's not going to be as difficult mm. as it will be after June. Mm. And I'm not sure if that has more to do with the nodes shifting uh, well, they're shifting in July, but shifting into Aries Libra, mm -hmm. or if that's got more to do with Pluto retrograding at that point and going backward to mm -hmm. Capricorn. But one way or another, we're not done with that. And we're going to see more about that financial, you know, raising of interest rates, which then have an unintended consequence on the banks and mm -hmm. all of that. So well, interesting. I just think, you know, next week what are we going to be talking about it's going to be going to be very interesting that's my first thing that i was looking at of course yeah that that's a good thing to look at but then you know you're also looking next week at a full moon yes yes on the which, it's been kind of funny because i i like to watch how the moons move mm. and a lot of times the beginning of the month you'll have the new moon followed by the full moon. So it feels like it's a natural order, you know, the way things are going. But lately, the full moons have been the first things in the month to talk about. So we're talking about completions or revelations or, you know, moving things forward uh, in some way, the light shining, you know, down on something. So at the beginning of the month, and that also happens to be a day where Mercury is involved, but this time with Saturn right. in a sextile. So good one. Right. right. So again, do we hear positive financial news? Right. Maybe. Sounds good. 
right? I, I mean, or at least neutral-ish, right? Least Not necessarily finding out that inflation hijacked uh, or, you know, more banks are failing. It's like a uh, the middle of the road financial kind well, of feel. Look, it's in Libra, right? Yeah. Balance. Balance. So Harmony. I, I think I, I'm think that one could be a nice one. <laughs> uh, I have that at April 6th. I have it at 1235 in the morning. Yeah, I have it at the same time, um, April 6th at 035 a.m., which mm -hmm. just means and that because I set the full moon and new moon charts for Washington, D.C., the capital of the yes. USA. Um, and then, of course, it also shows you this, the uh, universal time UTC, which will be 435 a.m. And interesting, I always like to go to my astrological mandala. You could do it in the Sabian symbols or anything. It's all based on the Sabian symbols. Yep. And it says a retired sea captain watches ships entering and leaving the harbor. And so the idea of these symbols, right, at these degrees of the zodiac is to sit with what the symbol might be that, what does that conjure up for you? Hmm. A retired sea captain watches ships entering and leaving the harbor. So is it possible there's sort of this nostalgia that is around this moon, right? As, as a retired man always out at sea, having to deal with chaos and the turbulence of the oceans, uh, of life in general. But now he's getting to sit back and just watch as other maybe younger captains are going out to sea. So it feels like, it feels like maybe we can gain some objectivity during this full moon about our own past experiences and how that turbulence in our life or our chaos, chaotic moments in our life have led us to the place of wisdom that we have now, no matter what age you are, you don't have to be old, a retiree <laughs> in order to have gained wisdom. But what wisdom have we gained from the previous time of cr craziness, crazy, different brands of crazy? When you, when you spoke it and I really, I, those, those mandala analogies, they really slow me down. I have to really think and what is yeah. going on when they say that. And, and so the wisdom came up right away. Like this is about somebody, he's got all those years of experience and the wisdom, but I immediately saw balance. One comes in and one goes out. Yeah. It, there's that or a calming of everything, right? A calming down balance. of the mind. Perfect balance. Yeah. So yeah. Calming. I'll take so, it. We're due. We're due, <laughs> right? We're due. Uh, um, but it's also maybe the intake, uh, the the respite before some more crazy happens, because, you know, April, we're also looking at an eclipse down the line here, right. Mercury's retrograde, and we'll have, you know, some other kinds of chaos, not not March level chaos, <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, April level chaos. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, that this is the, maybe the calm, the place to gather, to integrate, to um, find yourself in that balance and harmony in, necessary in order to go forth into more turbulent waters, if you will, uh, <laughs> although not as turbulent as March. Um, and to be able to have that um, viewpoint, of, all of this makes sense, right? It's going somewhere. It's taking me somewhere. The wise old sea captain, if you can keep your wisdom with you, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Keep so, your wisdom. You've gained, you've, no matter how old you are, you might be, you know, watching this and you're in your twenties or your thirties and you're feeling like, well, I'm not so wise, but compare yourself then to where you were in your teens. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that you may not have the wisdom of someone, you know, in their sixties or seventies, but you certainly have gathered wisdom. So what is that wisdom leading you to? and calling it up and being able to utilize it on your next steps. Mm -hmm. So that full moon, it's also interesting because if you look at the full moon chart, can you guys yep. see that? Um, let's go in here. We still have a preponderance of planets in Aries and, and Taurus. <laughs> a preponderance, do we ever? Do oh, we, right? Yeah. And in this full moon, the full, the full moon is holding kind of the handle of the bucket, if you will, mm -hmm. right? You want me to see, show you again? I should have put it so I could, there we go. So the moon is kind of holding the handle of the Aries Taurus planets. Mm -hmm. So what you could say then is that it's the moon, the full moon, the light of the moon that is holding the balance for Aries and, and Taurus energies and all of the experiences that we've had. Uh, remember Aries is where we've been planting the seeds for what comes next. And in Taurus, we we begin the culmination or the uh, cultivation, excuse me, of of those seeds. And what does that mean, right? We have to, what do we have to allow to grow and expand? And at the full moon, Mercury, the North Node, Uranus, and Venus are all in Taurus. And this is just wow. next week. This is just wow. next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. While the Sun, Chiron, Jupiter, and Eris are all still in Aries. Mm -hmm. So we have still we're still working with the new beginnings we're still planting some seeds but we are also having to cultivate the ones that have already been planted and see like what's coming to the surface it's kind of fun to look at it that way yeah, yeah. In springtime, no less <laughs> and what in the springtime no less yeah at least for us in the northern hemisphere it's a time you know all the all the t bulbs are starting to pop up from the soil and uh, it's, you know, you, I heard frogs the other night. Oh, you're lucky. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. I, my daughter lives by a golf course that has a lake or a big pond. So she would take her phone out at night and I could hear all these frogs. Love it was that. wonderful. And so I'd open my window and go, Nope, I don't hear them yet. Um, but the other night I opened my window and there they were just this mm -hmm. chorus of beautiful frogs. <laughs> I love peepers, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. They are just so loud. Right. Oh, yeah. I love um, it. But the temperature has to be at a certain level, I think, for them to really, you know, be comfortable coming out. So that's one thing I always look forward to that and the smell of the flowers at night when you go outside oh. after the sun of the day. So things to look forward to in April. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's talk about uh, the seventh um now you probably have lots of different things going on that day i do too but that's the day that mercury enters into the shadow of oh, the next yeah. retrograde period yep. and the next retrograde period will be from five uh or from 15 taurus backward to five taurus mm -hmm. so as soon as mercury hits five degrees taurus that's when we start the shadow yep. so that happens on the seventh and it's interesting because to me, and maybe because I have Mercury retrograde in my own chart, it's the shadows that always get me. Me too. Right? Yes. They're powerful. 
And then the Mercury retrograde itself is like, oh, okay, things smooth out. And then the next shadow hits, you know, the after retrograde shadow, the retro shade, uh, as one of my listeners used to always say, and then things get wonky again. Now, Mercury retrograde in Taurus, do we start to see uh, some kind of reversals in the economic picture? right? What looked rosy over here, now maybe numbers start to come in because it should be first quarter numbers from companies coming out, mm. right? Because January, February, March, the okay. first quarter is done of the year. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out. Um, do we have a change in heart around how we build things or how we interact with nature? Mm -hmm. um, I noticed here in the U.S. there's a lot going on environmentally. This is a month where we bring environmental concerns to the surface mm -hmm. um, with people considering the powers that be considering whether to relax environmental laws or enact some more stringent laws. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting to watch that happen. Sure. Interesting. I hadn't even connected it to the Taurus. You're, you're right. That yeah. Sense. Taurus, the land, right? The, the land. The right. Earth itself, and Perfect. even though we have the ruling planet of Taurus as Venus, what we're really seeing is a sign that's very practical, grounded, yep. earthy, yes. right? Yep. Right, right, right. Um, and is I, it? Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I would bring the whole Mercury retrograde in Taurus closer to home with, like, okay, we're going to look at the budget again. Like, yes, just going to. And then like more emotionally personal, like, let's really look at self-worth issues. This is the time to work those those things out. Uh, the coach in me would say, like, this is the one we're going to do that kind of work. Yeah. Value. Right. Self -value. What, value. Self -value. Yep. Mm -hmm. what are we valuing? What do we say we value? And then how do we behave around right. what we value? Are yeah. we walking our talk that way? Yeah. Um, yeah. And. I want to see really quickly where Ceres is at the moment because she's in at the full moon. So I have that chart. She's in Virgo at the end of Virgo and 26 degrees, 58 minutes. So she's also in an earth sign. Mm -hmm. So the concerns that we have around lax environmental laws, what does that impact us? Yeah. How does that impact us? I noticed, what was it? Uh, I think it was Biden signed something um that the Arctic protecting the Arctic from oil drilling. Oh, okay. Uh, or some, you know, next level thing, because I know that's already been a thing. Uh, maybe he was extending the protections. I don't know. But, you know, those kinds of things. Are we really going to do things like that that are protective mm -hmm. of of environments that are, are um, you know, disturbed easily by human uh, activities? So we have that going on. But that day is also a day for the inner planets to be doing a dance. <laughs> They're dancing all around each other here with, uh, let's see, it's Venus that's in a sextile to Neptune. So when we have planets like that are pairs, Venus and Neptune are pairs. Not pairs like you eat, but pairs, P-A-I-R's. <laughs> Venus like love, you know, and uh, more of the, the physical human love, you know, that affection, that kind of thing. And Neptune, which is more of the unconditional or universal love. So we're bringing love together that day. I love that. <laughs> In a sextile, which means, you know, they, they're see we're seeing how you know we can use those two energies and then mercury in a sextile to mars i'm not sure what i think about that uh, uh, 
Mercury in a sextile and Mars is in Cancer. Correct. And Mercury would be in Taurus. So the sextile wow. means they're they're talking a similar language. Yeah, to me, they're talking about home life. They're yeah. talking that's what I think. Home and family and what it's our structures and right? forms are. Sunday? Yeah, that would be on uh Friday, Good Friday. Okay. But that, you know, beginning that weekend, that weekend. Easter weekend. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, Mercury and Mars, they work well together. But think about this. Mercury is all about communication. Mars is going to, you know, speak first, think later. (laughs) But when they're working together, then maybe we're able to speak in a in a way that people can understand us or we're able to kind of get right to the point Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about a subject Mm -hmm. or talking about people, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So. Uh, let's say good morning real quickly to people because I know I haven't done that yet this morning. The first person I saw out there was Irene from Sweden. Hello, everybody. Leilani, hello to you. Kathleen Mallory, good morning. Gayla, hello. She says, hi, galactic souls. I love that. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. And thank you for those thoughts, Christine. Day, good for you. I'm glad to see you here. Cheryl Yamamoto, good morning. Debbie Tibbetts, two meal, good morning. Christine says, maybe protective regulations will be reinstated to protect consumers, hopefully. Um, And Christine also said, this is an interesting term. I think she was talking about our wisdom from the full moon, safe Mm. harbor, maybe. Mm. Oh, Mm. yeah. Safe harbor. I love that. So good morning to all of you who are listening live and all of you who will listen later. We welcome you. Mm -hmm. This is a time when Tam and I get together each month. Well, we're getting together today because the, the next Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month would be the fifth. And so you'd already miss five days worth of, of knowledge about April. Yeah. So we meet either the last Wednesday of the month or the first Wednesday of the month to talk about what is coming up for the next month. Yep. All right. Let's go to I have something for from human design oh, on the eighth. On the eighth. On the 8th, which is the Saturday uh, before Easter. And this is a time where Jupiter is changing the gate that he is at. Now, he's been, he is sitting at the gate 51 in our human design charts, which is a gate called shock. And it's a time when things will act to awaken us in some way. And it's not always punitive type of shock where, you know, something happens bad. It could be good things. It could be, you know, a lotto win. <laughs> it could be, um, you know, lots of different good things as well. But it's usually something that is awakening us. And in this case, Jupiter awakening us in order to evolve or grow uh, in our consciousness or in our wisdom, right? Evolving our, our, our wisdom. Now, on the 8th, Jupiter will switch from the 51 into the 42. Now, the 42 is on the sacral center. So it's the second one up from the bottom. And the sacral center there is about completion. And in fact, we call that gate the gate of celebration and celebration of a completion. I often think of that gate as the celebration when we have persevered through something, when we stuck with something, even while it seemed like things were going to fall apart or chaos was going to, you know, reign supreme. So celebration. So for the next few weeks uh, from April 8th until almost May 1st, I think it is, uh, Jupiter is going to be helping us to celebrate or to bring something into completion. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's the whole idea. In uh, human design, we talk about people who have the gate 42 uh, as being able to come in at any point. In Let's say you have a timeline or a, a linear project, right? Uh, the uh, Someone with a 42 can come in at any point in the project and bring it to completion. Wow. Right? That's their gift, kind of, to be able to see, like, come in and say, okay, you've taken it this far, and uh, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to clean it up, and I'm going to push it further. And I think about, like, the energy almanac, right? We all do the writing, and then Tam comes in, and she does her cleanup first, but then she sends it to an editor who takes it to the next step, and then that kind of thing. So someone that is able to come in mid-level and finish. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's kind of exciting. Um, I I thought it'd go from gate 51 right up to like gate 52, but it doesn't. It goes oh. <laughs> no, that, it doesn't work that way because we're, we're, we're moving through signs, yeah. right? Because if we are, are going to equate Jupiter at gate 42, then we're saying that Jupiter's in Aries, right? So 42 is an Aries gate. Oh, okay. So we're moving, so we're not moving from gate one to gate 64, okay. we're, we're hopscotching based on the astrology of, okay. of, the, of the wheel. That's a deeper conversation that, sure. you know, yeah. uh, but uh, what we do see is, you know, Jupiter was at 51, which was on the ego, heart center, will center, whichever one you want to use, helping us to awaken to what's really true for us from the heart, mm-hmm. and then jumps to 42 as a way for us then to do completion steps. What do we need to do to ce- get to the celebration, right? How do we get to the ending? So it'll be interesting. Um, and that's all I have for that day. There's really, I mean, the moon is in Scorpio that day. The moon is in Scorpio early on Easter morning, um, transitioning to Sagittarius. But again, no major aspects going on. Isn't that interesting on Easter? When uh-huh. you say it like that, like Scorpio transformation, birth to death, right? Or death to birth, however you want to say that. And you think about regeneration, the body, the resurrection. Resurrection, <laughs> that's what I'm getting to. And then Sagittarius, you know, fate and higher ideals on Easter. Right. That's on remarkable. Easter. Yeah. With no intervening transits from as far as you know the planets kicking up dirt <laughs> kicking up uh-huh. a fuss um so uh, it, it should be an interesting weekend and then the very next day at the 10th uh venus moves into gemini yes and of course gemini having been where mercury or mars had spent so much time right so she comes through here now and do we begin to converse with one another in a in a more is it nicer, kinder, gentler, right? More balanced. Yeah. More balanced, considering how Mars was that Mars and Gemini just rocked everybody's world. I think. Yeah, you know? and in some ways, people were empowered to just say whatever they wanted to say. It was kind of ugly. Yeah, I felt yeah. like everywhere I look, like people are just holy mo. I want to say like. Mm. Think about what you're saying before you say what you're going to (laughs) say. But that's over now, thankfully. And Novena's coming through. She she will hopefully beautify words. (laughs) So doesn't that make sense? She comes in and she's like doing cleanup. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, batting cleanup after Mars. She's cleaning up the house after Mars kind of left his little debris. She'll come in and, and do that. I'm curious on your take of what Venus in Gemini will do for like 
learning and education? Like, how's it going to affect that part of us personally? Well, it could certainly, you may start to see things about education, right? It's the time of the year, I think, when kids are doing their state tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be uh, people out there who are starting conversations already about the next school year. True. And what are our teaching um, ideals for the, the next year? Mm-hmm. And, you know, face it, if, if the education system needs an overhaul. It needs an overhaul. And I've been really concerned about schools, especially like I think it's been Florida mostly that I've heard this about where they're censoring specific books or education um, subjects and kind of tying teachers hands about how they can speak to certain um, subjects. And that really bothers me, right? Because kids need a more rounded viewpoint, not, you know, not just this one, you know, based on Christian ideology kind of ideas. And uh, that's that's something I think that education is going to have to take up. And again, because it's Venus and Gemini, Gemini kind of rules that lower educational system. Sure. Venus ruling our values. What do we value? Right, right. You can't yeah. say you value education while you're burning books because you don't want kids to read them or banning, you know, teachers from talking about whatever it is that you're banning them from. Um and then still call call yourself an educator. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> They're incongruent. So. <laughs> They're incongruent. I like that. <laughs> they just don't work. I so. think we all get to take a bigger, much bigger look at that next year. But yeah. for now, that's like appropriate a- too. I mean, uh, that's another thing, right? Do we really do we really have to teach sex education to a six year old? I don't know. Maybe we do in some ways because they're the ones that are often being sexually abused or molested. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy to think about that, but maybe we need to empower them younger. I think we can empower them without having to talk about sex education, but that's just my point of view. But, you know, (laughs) not talking about the specifics maybe, but, you know, those subjects are something that we've, they've been loath to talk about. (laughs) And yet we got to do something about it. So, and it's not just that, it's history. Can we teach history in a different way? So this is interesting. You're ta- we're talking about Venus in Gemini. And on the, I think, 10th, it also trines Pluto and Aquarius. Uh, yeah, I have that on the 11th. But okay. yeah, right in there, right, right in, in there. there. So yes. trining a planet that is in a sign that's innovative, right? Yes. That's technology-based. Yep. That's moving forward into the future. So mm-hmm. do the school systems need an overhaul of revamp? a resurrection, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, quite possibly. And maybe that's what the conversation is in that period of time. And sun conjunct Jupiter, same. Always a beautiful time, right? Right. When the sun conjuncts a planet, it starts the whole cycle over again. Yeah. So the sun conjuncting Jupiter in um, the sign of Aries, what's new, right? What's new? What's What bold moves can we make? What is, um, if, how can we go forward, right? How, how do we stop stumbling and, and make some decisions and go forward? That's kind of how I think about that. But it's also, it's also at a, um, at a time, I think, if you think about it as the 11th, right? Illumination, yeah. the light coming on, uh, that it's at a time when, you know, the sun and Jupiter are in the, the higher degrees of, of Aries. And I'm not sure what degree exactly oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. 
So we're gathering wisdom, right? We're we're taking that Aries youthful folly and we're putting it to work in a more mature way. Um, so not just like sowing seeds wildly and crazily, but being more deliberate perhaps in how we're approaching uh, what's going on, what we really want to work on, what's really of most importance. Jupiter's uh, at 21. 21. So we're just into the third decan right. at that time. Yeah. So it makes sense now that's going to give Aries a very Sagittarius feel. Mm -hmm. That's funny. We talked about that this morning Forget behind it. the scenes, right? I just chose Aries out of all the signs, yep. but it's going to give it that more philosopher's feel. Like I'm going to be able to now, you know, be a little more philosophical about my new beginnings or about where do I want to use bold energies? Where do I want to make that next step, that new inroad? Uh, so that's a good thing. I, I like that day. Yes. Um, then I don't have anything again until the 14th. Uh, yeah, I'm actually way down into like, the, I didn't have a lot to talk about in the meat of the month, just the moons and a couple other things. Yeah, it's another integration time, I think, right? Yeah. Another integration time. But we do have Venus squaring Saturn on the 14th. On my calendar, my personal calendar, it's red, which tells me it can be a difficult day um, because of the squares, right? Not only that, but the moon squares Mercury and the moon squares Uranus on that Friday. So it's a day that there can be some not major big things, but like little backbiting things that right. come up to the I surface. Like the head and the heart almost kind of right? eating. Uh, you know, Venus again with Saturn. Mm -hmm. Now it's what's the challenge? How do how do we actually, you know, move forward in and live in alignment with our values? Mm -hmm. There could be financial difficulties that day, mm -hmm. right? That that day or right around that day. Uh, because Saturn rules institutions like the financial system mm -hmm. or the stock market or um, Bitcoin. Those, the, 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 what did you call it? The foreign currency, foreign currency exchange. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the system, the institution itself, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily the energy of money, but certainly Venus does. So, <laughs> so we have the energy of money coming into a square with the foundations or the institutions. Squares are challenges. There's weaknesses that are likely going to be exposed mm -hmm. or that need to be shored up. Some kind, somebody's gaming the system. Um, you know, uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. And being exposed for what they're doing, that kind of thing. Right. Sort of interesting. But the next week is the big week of the month. <laughs> Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And starting now, I have the eclipse on the 19th for the West Coast and for Hawaii, Alaska, uh, because it's at 9.13 p.m. West Coast time. That means it's going to be at, what, 6.13, I think, for those in Hawaii and Alaska-ish, right? There's probably a time zone in between I'm missing. But for most people, um, and well, actually, mountain time and central time it's going to be on the 19th mm -hmm. but for east coast and universal time it's going to be on the 20th right. so april 19th and 20th is the day for the new moon solar eclipse mm -hmm. Woo! and it's a biggie that's mm -hmm. a it's a it's a biggie because well for several reasons but when i when i look at the this is the first this is the indicator of what comes next what's changing because it's the first eclipse in the new signs of aries and libra for the um it's in aries actually but it's it's the the first time it's been in aries in several years 
and that is an indication because the nodes are shifting in July. Mm -hmm. So it's a banner solar eclipse, but a solar eclipse is a new beginning, yes. right? It comes with the new moon. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> no. I actually have, here we go. I actually have the chart for that one. And uh, I was really contemplating this one this morning. I don't know why I got into it, but oh, on the surface, it looks like a boring eclipse. Boring, right? If you look at the Sabian symbol, okay. it says a duck pond and its brood. <laughs> oh. But as you read more about it, it seems to speak to that every, um, anytime we want to focus on bringing something new in, uh, we have to actually not just think, we actually have to take action. Yeah. So it kind of links, you know, this idea, the focus is on bringing form to life, right? Breathing life into it. The duck pond in itself is probably serene and just sitting there, but there's life teeming on the surface of that, life teeming under the surface of that. And it also tends to show us some sort of limits, right because the duck pond is it's not the ocean right. certainly right right and uh so it, it kind of felt sort of boring it's at 29 degrees though 29 degrees 50 minutes that's what caught my attention oh boy a 29 degree hmm. yeah so are we maybe having to contend with limits in a new way are we having to contend with not going too far so fast that that we miss steps or we lose something in the translation? I don't know. Because it's a 29 degree, we know it's karmic. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me because the nodes always move backwards into a sign. They're retrograding. Yet the node itself is still in Taurus. It hasn't moved yeah. to Aries yet. But right, the eclipses right. happen within seven degrees of the connection mm -hmm. to the moon, uh, and that drives the eclipse. Yep. So while this is a powerful eclipse, we don't yet have the nodes in the same sign. So we're completing lessons on one level, uh, Taurus start. levels, yeah. and starting new ones in yeah. April, or I mean in April, in <laughs> Aries. Um, but we're also having to utilize wisdom because the sun and the earth, or sun and the moon, are at the 29th degree. So we've had, yes. we've had the lessons all through Aries. Right. So what have we learned? Right. Oh, um, what have we learned? Right. That's the big deal. Now the sun and the moon uh, in human design for that, that moon is uh, at gate three. Gate three is called the gate of innovation, right? Oh. In quantum human design. In traditional human design, we called it the gate of ordering. So it kind of, and in the I Ching, here's where the I Ching and the Sabian symbol kind of match in some ways. Okay. The I Ching is uh, called trouble in the beginning or difficulty in the beginning. Okay. Meaning that anything worthwhile, anything that we're launching, anything that, any form that we're trying to bring to life has trouble or difficulty in the beginning, right? You have to stick with it. You have to persevere. You have to keep going with that flow. So I feel like this eclipse is telling us that, yes, we have to we have to stick with things. You can't just give up because at first blush or the first try, it failed. Yeah. 
so bringing would. some legs to it you know keeping keeping going now the earth in an eclipse or in human design always the earth is the place where there's the difficulty or where the challenge is right it's embedded there because it's where we are living so if we want to get to the highest energy of innovation um we have to deal with the gate 50 which is where the earth is mm -hmm. and the gate 50 is about nurturing so in order to see your innovation or your ideas or your possibilities take flight, you have to stick with them. Right. Nurture it. Nurture it. Yeah. Keep going with it. You know, and all of the month of April, I should have said this back at the beginning, all of the month of April, the earth is transiting through the gates that are on the spleen center of the human design chart. And the spleen centers gates, uh, because the spleen is all about time, intuition, and health, but it's also a gate of, or I mean, a center for survival. Mm -hmm. So all of the gates there can also double as fear or shadows. Mm -hmm. So when I'm writing the shadow part of the uh, uh, energy almanac, what I'm tapping into is where's the earth? Mm -hmm. Because she's going to show us what it is that we have to deal with first to get to where we want to go. Sure. So she's going to show us the shortcomings, if you will, or the difficulties there. The difficulty here is going to be about transcending unhealthy obligation. Mm. Right? Not getting yourself tied up in things that really have no meaning or value or worth for you. Right. And then giving the best of yourself while also taking care of yourself. Oi. Right? We were talking about, I think it was your brother. Uh, yeah, my brother. Yeah service but also all those service planets in the first house so balancing the self in service wow. and that is a big theme in this um, particular eclipse as well mm -hmm. and the fear the fear that we have is that we're going to fail those people that we love or sure. we're going to fail in our responsibility somehow in our um you know communities our tribes or whatever right fear, fear of failing others mm -hmm. which then causes us to do more, to keep doing more, to keep doing more. And it then can turn into what we call smother mothering, right? I'm just so micromanaging every little component because I'm so afraid I'm going to fail you or fail my work or fail my, you know, whatever. whatever. So that <laughs> at first blush, it seems like, yeah, it's an eclipse and a game changing one at that. And we're going in a new direction, but the new direction might be about letting go of the obligations that are no longer serving you mm. once maybe that you got yourself hitched to because you were feeling like you might that person might fail if you didn't micromanage them sure oh my gosh i hate it when you're talking directly to me but you're really talking to the whole audience <laughs> It looks like I'm talking to the audience, but I'm really talking to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking, but like, I hope all of you who are listening are like totally getting where this is happening for you. It's pretty remarkable. Like, I'm just sitting here connecting dots as you're talking about that. Like, I totally know what's coming at me right now. I totally do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I'm fond of saying to everyone out there, while Tam and I are sitting here talking about sort of the global energies or the bigger, wider block of energies, every one of you has Aries somewhere in your chart. That's what I was going to ask you to bring up. Good. Yeah. So if you want to take that away, it's an area of your life that is up for change. Right. Where is that? Right. 
right? That's the key because the area of your life is by the house of the chart. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be, there's 12 opportunities here <laughs> for where it could be in your chart. Mm -hmm. uh, in my own chart, that's going to put it in the 10th house, mm -hmm. right? Have What have I obligated myself to in terms of my career or profession maybe? Mm -hmm. Let's see if you have a Virgo rise, that's going to put Pisces on the other side. So Aries is on your eighth house then, right? Of no, the whole sign. Uh, oh, I have, I'm a Sag rising. It's going to be my oh, fourth house. Your fourth house. So <gasps> what obligations do you have at home or for family that are maybe inappropriate or uh, right. smothering you? Did you say or... smother bear? I know that you did. <laughs> I did. I said smother mothering, but no, smother bears there. <laughs> In my house, we call that smother smother bear <laughs> smother bear well and by you know i i'm not going to share out loud what's going on but you've had you know obligations that you've had to take on with your family totally um that you know yeah oh i get it <laughs> yeah. and sometimes we take on obligations and then what happens is we just then naturally take over mm -hmm. that's the thing you want to avoid right putting putting everything back the way it was as soon as the individuals involved can handle that right instead you know you might try to keep control over that because you're afraid maybe that they're going to fail right. and you don't want that right yeah so having to balance that because yeah it's not you <laughs> the mother you they're grown kind of thing right so mm -hmm. interesting times that we have and this uh particular new moon eclipse uh has Uranus and Mercury in a conjunction mm -hmm. within two degrees of one another. So that's pretty tight. I, I would say, you know, the yes. power of Uranus with Mercury moving into it. And remember, we were talking about pairs like Venus and Neptune. Right. Well, Mercury and Uranus are a pair. Mm -hmm. Higher mind, lower mind. Correct. Exactly. So we're joining the higher mind and the lower mind at this eclipse uh, to take planned action. Around money around money, perhaps okay. around a growing or building something, building a business, building a life, building a family, building a right, right. Just building, right? Building a building. Yeah. But in human design, they're both going to be at the gate two, two, which is a gr very creative. It's the most yin chart or <laughs> chart, <laughs> the most yin gate of the chart. So it's feminine energy. It's the energy of receiving. It's the energy of allowing. So it's an interesting place, allowing, wow. allowing for the mind, allowing for the higher mind right. uh, to build, to take action on something that's being built. Now that Uranus Mercury connection are sextiling Mars. They're at both, let's see, 15 and 17 and Mars is at 13. I put them together, even though, well, it's still within orb. I think that's still orb and Mars is at provocation. Mm in our human design chart that's a that's an emotional energy or it moves toward emotional energy it's root center energy so it's moving outward to gain more emotional uh equanimity so we're being provoked to become more spiritual during that that moon as well it's just i feel like it's one that's not just straight lined yeah yeah. It's more like it's all over the place. Very layered, multi-layered. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So that might be difficult for people to take in and, you know, see exactly how that might affect them. But I would say for that, just go to Aries. If you could just master the Aries part of your chart. Yeah. 
you know, what house is that is in, what planets you have in that house, and where is the sun moon connection happening, um, then you have an idea <laughs> of what it is that you're meant to be focusing on right now. All right, so then the new moon of solar eclipse is followed by the sun moving into Taurus. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? <laughs> and and uh, Mercury retrograding in Taurus the next day, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. It's so, you know, do, do we see something like this, right? Those seeds yeah. that we've planted, now we're having to move them over to the cultivating of Taurus energy. Sure. And then, you know, like I, I often say this to people, like once you plant a seed, you don't keep digging it up to see if the roots are taking shape yet. Unless you're me. <laughs> unless you plant it in something where you can see through the dirt. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes I put like seedling things in water so I can watch to see when the roots are ready so I can plant it. But, but that's different. So, but if we plant seeds in soil, which is the earth. So the seeds that uh, things that things that we want to grow, things that we want to prepare, we plant them in earth, energy, soil, and we don't keep digging them up. We don't. No, we nurture they don't grow them. that way. Yeah. Right. We have to nurture them. So we start this whole thing of nurturing and the sun that day squares Pluto. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I have that. Yes. The sun squares yeah. Pluto. Right. Yeah. So what's the transformation going to be, right? How are we going to move forward with this? It's the uh, first time that the sun will square Pluto in Aquarius, mm -hmm. which is innovation, the future, innovation. right? And, you know, I can tell you guys from what I've been thinking about, just where my mind has gone lately, is about how do I innovate, but also position myself for what people need going down into the yeah. future. Right. And, um, that's an interesting way to look at things. And I, I noticed it that I was turning my attention that direction uh, just like over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, I, that's Aquarius, right? Right. Aquarian energy. We're thinking about the future now and in a powerful way. So how do we transform? Uh, how do we let the seeds that we planted in Aries take shape and form a future orientation for us? Right. Yeah. And then Mercury retrogrades just for fun. <laughs> And that'll be on the 21st, actually, at 15 degrees of Taurus, midline Taurus energy, going back to five degrees. That five degrees Taurus is an interesting number. Oh, yeah. Because there's another eclipse this year at five degrees of Taurus. Oh, right. Later in yeah. the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, it's a degree we want to watch out, right, for. Um, pay attention to what's going on while Mercury is retrograde. Mm -hmm. Find Taurus in your chart. It's going to be the next sign over from Aries. Mm -hmm. And what's going on in that area of your chart is going to be where an eclipse will occur this year. Right. And also where you have this Mercury retrograde that slows things down and causes us to really ground in. This is Taurus. This right. is an Aries energy where Mercury's retrograding. Right. So where we have to let the ideas take shape, where we have to let the possibilities grow. Mm -hmm. Get take roots. Shape. Get roots. Let yeah. them get roots. All right. What else? I'm looking at the 23rd Mercury retrograde sextiles Mars in Cancer. Interesting, because we had Mercury sextiling Mars on the 7th, the day Mercury moved into its shadow. Oh. Uh-huh. So now we have another, so we have, a, it's 
probably going to be a threefer. <laughs> right? When Mercury goes forward, we're going to get it again. Sure. Um, so uh, that's interesting. So things that happen on the 7th may be something that echoes down through the month of April. Yeah. Yep. 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 Then the 25th, we have the sun in a sextile to Saturn. Yeah, I have that. That's a good day for working, a good day for focusing, uh, a good day for taking the next steps. Even though Mercury's in retrograde, don't let it stop you from whatever it is that you've already had in process Motion, and yeah. building out the next step. Yeah. 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 And then the last thing I have for the month is Mars in a sextile to Uranus on the 29th of April. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Me too. <laughs> I mean, inspiration galore. Yeah. I'll Creative inspiration. Sure. I'll take that to end a month. Yeah. 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 Sounds good to me. Yeah. In a human design, there are no other big uh, planetary, outer planetary movements. So uh, the, the, the outer planets are staying their course in the, in the gates that they're in. Of course, we have the entire month, as I said, with the earth in the gates of fear. So we're dealing with shadow energy somewhat this month, no matter what. Yep. Even if you think, you know, we, we look at, at April and it's much less difficult than March was. Uh, it still has its moments, however. But mm -hmm. we also have this idea of shadows coming up to the surface, those bubbling up things that might be stopping us from sticking with the seeds that we planted. Right. If we've planted seeds, we know we can't keep digging them up to look at the roots, nope. but that doesn't mean that we don't keep watering it and pulling the weeds that might be growing around it or making sure it has enough sun, that kind of thing. Nurture, right? nurture, 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 a very Torian kind of word, nurture, 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 nurture. Mm -hmm. And in this case, creativity yep. um, involved with that, um, letting go of any fears around uh, survival right? That's the key. Um, during the last week of the month, well, from April 28th to May 3rd, so we actually go a little bit into May with the last of the shadow energies. So from now until May 3rd, we're dealing with how do we ground in what we want to do, who we want to be, how do we ground it in, and then also deal with the, the little shadows and fears that might come up in that process it's um i just think so much i mean yeah there's work to do in april but it's gonna feel i think just easier i think it's more i don't know not you know the shock you said we're in a gate of shock like that yeah. that gate changing the jupiter changing yeah I, I think that's going to be super beneficial for us this month coming up um i'm looking forward to a little less shock <laughs> Less shock and awe. Now, I I like you know the surprising kinds of things like the you know whole idea of being able to put a a body graph generator on my website. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, but then I immediately had to get over the whole technology thing. Yeah. Like, how am I going to make that happen? People you know, keep asking me about technology. Do you have thoughts about why it's been so wonky the whole front of the year? It's been really a challenge in many many ways. The the idea of technology is big right now because of Pluto moving into Aquarius, Saturn having exited Aquarius. Oh, and right. of course, what we I think what we see is sort of the pullback and the restructuring maybe of things, systems that weren't quite up to date, mm -hmm. you know, that weren't quite uh, that set up, maybe put out too quick. 
you know, put out right. into the world without real testing. Yes. Um, and then we have the blowback from people who are afraid of technology. Yes. Right? There's a lot of people out there that, you know, are afraid of 5G, 4G, te yes. computers, technology that's, you know, uh, puts their information out there. And on one hand, we have to protect certain things, right? We have to make sure energetically we're not being bombarded by too much and your information is safe. But on the other hand, you know, there are technologies coming down the pike that are going to be more uh, able to protect us, like yeah. blockchain technologies and right. things like that. Yeah. Uh, and what comes next? Blockchain is something that's about cryptocurrency at this moment. But the technology is huge for credit card safety, for your it's banking elections. information. Yeah. It's elections. There's plenty blockchain. Elections. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So lots of really good stuff technology wise. But we still have a pretty, oh, dare I say this, an aging population that is a little diff more difficult for them to, right. to get into technology. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, I hadn't really even made that connection about the, uh, you know, one planet out, one planet in, both having to do with technology. That makes perfect sense because it, it really has been a rough 90 days. <laughs> yeah. The technology's yeah. been so clunky and everybody keeps saying, is Mercury retrograde? And I, <laughs> they, they all keep telling me that. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's more to no. this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah because you remember Saturn preceded uh, Aquarius energy for yes. Pluto. So Saturn yes. exposes the weaknesses and, um, but also the potential, but yeah. Pluto's the destroyer, Yeah, right? He's going to go, okay, you got a weakness there. Let's just make it go crash. Let's, Let's make it boom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we'll what have a lot I? to deal with. It'll be a great month. I think, you oh, know, well. great, but just remember this people, we all have ideas. And we all have possibilities, but that's where they stay if you don't actually take foot action, like put your feet on the ground and do something with ground. them. Yep. Yeah. So take action on your ideas. What's the worst that can happen? Um, hold on. It's a dream without a plan. It's just a wish. Yes. Or so. aim for the stars. The, the worst that could happen is you'll land amongst the clouds. <laughs> Yep. Or on the moon. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so don't be afraid of taking action. But also know that you can't just take action one day right. and think, oh, well, that didn't work. Ah, Tam, thank you so much for being with me this morning. It's always, always fun at the, the beginning of the new month to be able to talk about that with you. What's new for you? What's going on with you? Anything you want to share before we close today? Um, this, this is the week and I don't have it with me. I'm at my art desk creating art for the 2024 Energy Almanac. I'm working on cover art and interior illustrations. Follow me on Instagram at Tamra at Tamrav. Yeah. Because I always think it's Tamrav. Yep. That's how I, I say it that way. Tamrav. Um, I'm there. Follow the art there. Follow us on Instagram at the Energy Almanac. Um, that's my call to action for this month. I'm work I'm creative this week and really month. <laughs> yeah. That, right. that, me too, because now I'm I'm your clone. I'm, doing, I'm following you yeah at least in in creating stuff like that all right well thank you so much you guys all take care i'll see you friday morning have a great rest of your week bye everyone bye